You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. And fans, we have a full show for you today, so let's get right to it. Talk a little bit about the NFL, a little bit about Formula One racing, a major deal in the SWAT conference, a little March Madness in particular about the Jackson State women's basketball team, and then we'll get into the men's March Madness, but first, Danny, into the NFL, where we have a full lineup of free agent moves. In particular, man, Devontae Adams is gone from the Packers, and where he is now joined up with Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. Danny, did we see this coming? Yes, we did. Listen, man, <laughs> when Aaron Rodgers got his money, I felt I was like, okay, well, maybe. They worked some things out behind the scenes and where Devontae was going to get his money too. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. Devontae was like, deuces, I'm gone. I'm going to go ahead and go to Las Vegas. I'm going to go to Nevada mm-hmm. and where there is no state income tax. Let me keep that money in my pocket. And, <laughs> and let me just go ahead and go w- over to my boy, uh, Car, who is who was my college quarterback Danny this is a significant move Mm -hmm. and I'm just really wondering what the Packers did or did not do behind the scenes here I'm just really really curious what what happened here Danny I just think that the Green Bay Packers did not get enough out of the Las Vegas Raiders for Devontae Adams they acquired what the 2020 first round pick in a 2022 second round pick. And Devontae Adams is considered one, if not the best wide receiver in the game. He's getting a nice contract. He's getting about 28 million per year, mm-hmm. which I am not mad at Devontae. Get your money. And this potentially is your last great contract uh, of your NFL career. So why not go big? What say you, Danny? I was curious how the Packers are going to do this with Aaron Rodgers getting the amount of money he had and giving him a long-term deal, long-term considering how old he is, in my opinion, and where they're going to get the money to pay Devontae Adams. And you know the comments he made at the beginning of the season. He didn't want to play under that franchise tag. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you knew something had to come to a head. Lo and behold, he got traded. They could have got – they may have – Receive more from other teams based on well, we'll get to Tyree Hill in a minute, mm-hmm. uh, where the Packers could have fleeced the Raiders a little bit more in this deal. But come on, man! All all in all, congratulations to Devontae Adams. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. This goes back to our other conversation about the AFC West, it's just locked and loaded. And this is going to be a fun season from their division's perspective to see how this all shakes out because there's a lot of talent in that one division by itself. 
So congratulations yeah, yeah. to Devontae Adams. And I'm curious how the Packers respond in free agency or what they do from a wide receiver perspective. But I think this helps Devontae out to this degree, Danny. Devontae Adams, to me, is a Hall of Fame caliber wide receiver. Let's think about it for a moment. I think if you're with a quarterback for all of your career, there's going to be something said in that Hall of Fame committee that says, well, well, he's with Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. his whole career. If he produces the same amount of numbers that he's produced in Green Bay for the Las Vegas Raiders, I think that furthers his Hall of Fame resume. Mm -hmm. But not only that, Danny, I don't know if Devontae Adams was even thinking about that. I think Devontae Adams was just thinking about that money. Yes. (laughs) Let's be real. He was thinking about that money. But I do agree with you, though. And we can get right into it with the Tyreek Hill uh, trade here in where Tyreek Hill goes to the Miami Dolphins uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. And, man, Miami gave up five picks, okay? We're talking about Kansas City now receives the 2022 first, second, and fourth round picks and 2023 fourth and sixth rounders. All I'm saying is this, Danny, the Packers did not get enough for Devontae Adams. And I had a, when I first saw this deal, this trade, mm-hmm. I was like, man, Gunakis is the worst GM, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst GM. Are you kidding me? You did not get more pace than a first and second rounder? That to me is just so baffling, man. I, I just don't, I'm a Packers fan. I don't even feel bad for him, man. I don't feel bad for him because. They have totally messed this up. The Raiders got a whole lot better with Devontae Adams. The Miami Dolphins have gotten a whole lot better with uh, Tyreek Hill. And I have to say this, Danny. I think that the Miami Dolphins are putting Tua on a clock. Yes, they definitely are. If you don't know what to do do with all these resources and all these weapons, Mm-hmm. we'll get somebody else who can deal with it. And that's why the Miami Dolphins went ahead and got Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. So this is going to be interesting down in Miami. This one was an interesting move to me by the Miami Dolphins. And I'm looking at Tyreek Hill. His specialty is his game is speed, right? Mm-hmm. Does Tua have the arm? Because you know how Tyreek Hill can beat people and Mahomes could connect with him. Does Tua have the arm to keep Tyreek Hill at the status he was when he was with the Chiefs? I think so. I am I'm leery. I don't I'm I don't know. Tua's a decent player. But when I I saw Tyreek Hill and the rumor was either the Jets or the Dolphins. I'm like, oh, man, he's downgrading big time. He got paid. Now, don't get me wrong. He got paid. Come on, man. And But I'm looking at – I just don't trust the Miami Dolphins and their organization. I'm looking at, like I said, Tua. I would have – Tyreek is more – I thought he would have went with a more – I guess he didn't have a choice, but 
a more experienced quarterback. But Miami went all in. They're going all in. They pushed all the chips in, in the middle of the table with this deal. And we will see, man. It'll be a, a good combination. They re-signed Gusecki, their tight end. You know, they have uh, Waddle, and they have a, a fleet of running backs, all decent running backs. So they, they'll have a puncher's chance in games for sure. But I'm, I'm looking at Tua. I'm not sure yet if he's going to be able to take advantage of all the talent he has on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know, Dan. I think Tua has the arm. I think he has it. I just think he needs that old line to protect him. Mm -hmm. And I think if he has that, I think that will offer up the opportunity for him to even go down the field. Um, that's going to be a fun offense to look at, though. I will say that. That is going to be a fun offense. And one more thing about Tyreek Hill. Danny, look at here, man. You knew Tyreek was going to go down to Miami versus uh, the Jets, man. Man, Florida don't have no state income tax. Yep. These players are getting paid, man, and you want to keep that money in their pockets. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame Tyreek Hill at all. This may be his last big contract uh, in the NFL and he's from down there. So, yeah. man, he's getting paid. And just as Tyreek Hill leaves the Kansas City Chiefs, lo and behold, who the Chiefs get? Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, <laughs> from the Packers. He was a free agent. Signs mm -hmm. with the Chiefs for three years, reported up to $36 million. So there's some incentives there um that that's in there but nonetheless man mvs goes to kansas city chiefs primarily to be that deep ball threat uh that um tyree kill was mm -hmm. of the chiefs but man i don't blame mvs for getting that money either because i sure don't believe the Packers is going to offer him no 30 million dollars or going up to 36 million dollars for no three years danny no so he was like oh Chiefs, y'all offer me this much, man. Book it. I'm yeah. signing on. I'm signing on. And you have someone that can throw the deep ball, and you know Mahomes will throw it. Mm -hmm. So it's. I think it's a great fit. Honestly, yeah. losing Tyreek Hill, obviously you can't replace Tyreek Hill because he's he's a one of a kind unicorn mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. But to get someone like MVS who has that downfield speed for mm -hmm. the Chiefs organization. And in an interesting trade, Danny, and, and this involves your former quarterback here, Matty Ice. Matt Ryan is traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick. Just one third-round pick. Uh, I believe the Falcons were trying to avoid paying a hefty multimillion-dollar bonus to uh, Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. uh, but nonetheless, man, your former quarterback, Danny, is now an Indianapolis Colt. And it seems like the Falcons actually went ahead and got Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be interesting in itself to see how that really plays out. Uh, Marcus, he agreed to a, a two-year deal. Um, he will earn $6.75 million in 22. Um, and then also has a $12 million option for 23, but he's due a $3 million roster bonus on the fifth day of the league year 
uh, next March. So we'll see what happens with that, Danny. What say you about your squad making these moves? What say you? Jason, first off, man, I had a love-hate relationship with Matt Ryan. He was a steady quarterback. I think he missed maybe three games over his whole 14 years in Atlanta. He made some <laughs> things, man, that I thought Atlanta should have had at least one Super Bowl with him and Julio Jones. They should have had at least one. Obviously, we know the one we're talking about, but they had mm -hmm. a couple other shots where Matt Ryan and some others, you know, it just didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition. It was, it was bittersweet to see him leave. I think the whole Deshaun Watson thing, it didn't sit well, obviously, because they're pursuing another quarterback. And Indianapolis knew that. So to get a third-round pick, yeah, you may have got a second-round pick. Matt Ryan's on his last leg. He's older. But he does go to an organization that has some talent. They have a great offensive line. So he will not be running for his life like he was in Atlanta. It gives him an opportunity to win, man. So you hate to see him leave. You wanted to see him finish his career in Atlanta. They take a huge cap hit, like the biggest in history. So a $40 million cap hit this year. You bring in Marcus Mariota, who's familiar with Arthur Smith's offense. He has, he has a prove-it deal. So this year is more or less a, we'll just see what happens. I have zero expectations for this year based on Ridley being out and just the team and the state it's in. But I look at it as next year they have $136 million available. So they get out of this cap hell they've been in since Dimitrov and those dudes are running it. So they've made some unpopular decisions. I think they could have got more for Matt Ryan. I think they could have got more for Julio, honestly. But all in all, man, Matt Ryan goes to a situation where he gets the opportunity to win. Art this year is a, like I said, it's we'll just play out the string and get to next year. So just say thanks, Matt Ryan. And like I said, it was bittersweet, man, because there are a lot of games, man. He he ticked me off because he just made his decision making at times where being a veteran, he still made some mistakes where you just needed him to step his game up. But we'll see what happens to him and we'll be watching close with him being an indie. So he goes to a great situation, like I said. Another big move that was made in the NFL, Danny, was Deshaun Watson. Sean Watson got paid, man. Yes, he did. Sean Watson goes to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he will receive a fully guaranteed five-year contract worth $230 million. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe his first year on a contract is only worth $1 million, which is interesting in that chances are he will get suspended by the uh, NFL. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but if he gets suspended by the NFL, it's less per game checked, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, and more money still in his pocket for the remainder of his contract. Uh, he was acquired in the trade uh, along with a 2024 sixth round pick um, in exchange for, man, three first round picks. From 2022 to 24, a third rounder in 23, and two fourth rounders 
in 22 and 24. That's what the Texans are getting. And they're going to need every single one of those picks, man, because the Texans are sorry. They don't need every single one of those picks, Danny. (laughs) Golly, man. Mm -hmm. Now, the big question I think that's out there is what's going to happen to Baker Mayfield? Where is he going to go? I thought initially when I saw this, I thought he was going to be traded to the Texans. But maybe the Texans thought, man, Baker is so bad in their eyes that we don't even want him. How big of a slap in the face is that to a a starting quarterback to say, from a sorry team, Mm -hmm. we don't even want you in the trade. Yeah. (laughs) Not unless Baker has a no trade. I don't don't know. I don't know. All I know is it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Baker Mayfield moving forward. But the Browns are, you know, really kind of creating some things here. They did uh, trade for Amari Cooper, obviously. Yeah, um, Landry and and uh, OBJ, they're obviously no longer with the Browns. So Browns needed um, some kind of wide receiver help here. They got Amari Cooper. Uh, they got Jakeem Grant. That's going to be interesting to see how uh, moving forward the Browns do. But I tell you what, I think they're going to be a better team offensively with Deshaun Watson than they had with Baker Mayfield. What say you, Danny? Since Atlanta was in the in the hunt for Deshaun Watson, I was watching this very close, and to see what Cleveland gave up was mind blowing. And that's where I'm like, yeah, they did get Amari Cooper. OBJ did mention he said because he is a free agent, he would entertain coming back because of Deshaun Watson. That's a lot to give up, man. Mm-hmm. They're banking on him. They have a great offensive line, so. That's another situation where Deshaun Watson in Houston had no offensive line. He was running for his life, just like Matt Ryan ran for his life in Atlanta. So this should give him some stability. He has two great running backs with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So, and on the Baker Mayfield front, which they still have him, but I looked at Houston not because he's up for that fifth year. So Mm -hmm. he's looking for a contract. And Houston's not in position right now to give anyone an extension. So they're completely starting over. So there's just been amassing picks. And Baker Mayfield, I'm curious where he ends up, man. This one, I thought Seattle might go after him since they they just have Drew Locke right now since they traded Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And there are a few other teams that may have – I thought it, before Atlanta signed Mariota, they might go after him. but. Uh, we'll see what happens here. I'm sure they're going to do something soon to get, get him out of it. Cause you don't want a disgruntled person in the organization now, especially cause you know, he's on, the, he knows he's on the outs. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Cleveland said they went the LA Rams route and said, you know, forget them picks and we're just going to go for it and see what happens. And now Danny on to a sport that I'm slowly becoming, well, I can't even say slowly anymore. I'm starting to become a fan of Formula One racing. Danny, I went ahead and watched uh, Formula One racing on uh, this past Sunday. And Mm -hmm. let me just tell you, I was totally locked in. Mm -hmm. I was totally locked in from lap number one. And lap number one at the very start, pole position, fifth pole position was 
uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton. And man, I have to say he started off and immediately got into fourth pole position and dropped back down to five. Uh, and then all throughout the race, it was very, very uh, intriguing. There was a moment in the race there. It was just like, okay, they're starting to kind of settle in. This is probably how uh, the race results is going to be, all that stuff. But then at the very end, uh, the Red, Red Bull racing team, <laughs> their engines just stopped. Yeah. Their engines just stopped. And I have to say this, man, Danny, when that happened, uh, first I believe it was Max uh, Verstappen whose engine stopped. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sergio Perez engine stopped not too long after. And then immediately Sir Lewis Hampton actually, you know, drove into third. And so when that happened, Danny, I jumped off my couch and started yelling. I was like, yeah, come on. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm really into this yeah. because man, just the the camera angles that happens or, or that's shown on TV, whether they're inside the pit, uh, the inside the uh, car or or even outside a car, man, just the camera angles are really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the commentary is pretty good. The fact that you can listen to uh, the drivers and how they talk to their teams, et cetera, on occasion, um, that was good. Uh, and the track, man, it was it was just actually kind of fun and so as i'm watching this thing i'm like man sir lewis hamilton is not going to he's not going to win man and i would just have to say this the mercedes car this seems a little bit slower than what you know kind of used to here and that's one of the things that i really really uh found you know found out it was interesting because I was looking at Twitter, looking at social media during the race. And as soon as Sir Lewis Hamilton got into the third, a lot of people was like, yeah, payback or yep. karma or whatever. It was some expletives. <laughs> uh, and so it was interesting to watch the race and even uh, keep up with it on, on social media and everything. Great race. Um, and that was in Bahrain, and now they're off to Saudi Arabia. Yep. Uh, and where, uh, man, the current standings right now, you have the Ferrari team, which went mm-hmm. one and two, uh, in the Bahrain race. Uh, you have uh, Charles uh, Leclerc and also Carlos Sainz, who uh, scored some points. Yep. Um, Charles with 26 points, Carlos with 18 points, and then uh, on a podium. Uh, at third was Sir Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he has 15 points. And so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the next race comes out uh, in Saudi Arabia. What say you, Danny? Yeah, I didn't see this on TV, but I was watching it on my phone because uh, there was actually a, like a DraftKings <laughs> uh, free entry just to they're starting to promote Formula One racing. And the thing, like you said, though, it's the technology behind it is really cool, actually, when you watch it. So I saw some of the highlights when I got home, and uh, I saw I was watching as Sir Lewis Hamilton actually um, thinking he was going to win it, but Ferrari did take take <laughs> take care of business in this one, the Ferrari mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. So curious to see what kind of adjustments 
Sir Lewis Hamilton's team makes in the next race. And uh, the other thing we talked about too is uh, from a United States perspective, the rep- no representation. Man, where they at? So behind a, behind a position at, but where yeah. are they? <laughs> so where that's where you'd be curious to see if someone eventually uh, steps up and becomes a top performer in the uh, Formula One. Mm-hmm. But every time, man, I look at this, I always think about the old school Atari pole position game. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, man. Ever since we started talking about this last year, when we uh, caught on to Sir Lewis Hamilton, I was mm-hmm. thinking about the pole position from the Atari. And it's a quick race, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it's is. what, 57 laps? 57 laps, man. Took about maybe an hour and a half. Uh, hour and 45 minutes to something like that yes so it's it's a i'm gonna have to check out the next one since i I should be around to check it out and see what happens but uh good start for sir lewis hamilton obviously he wanted to win that one he took third and we'll see how this next one goes in saudi arabia and now danny an interesting announcement here where the allen media group uh has announced a multi-year partnership with uh, HBCU Go TV, uh, or HBCU Go in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, or the SWAC. Uh, and this is a historic deal, Danny. This is something that as soon as it happened, I immediately reached out to you. And I just thought that this was something really awesome, something that you and I have talked about before, where uh, the Allen Media Group, which is owned by uh, Byron Allen, um, is partnering with the SWAC in uh, HBCU Go. Uh, we are just free streaming digital platform um, is a leading media provider of the nation's 105 historically black colleges and universities. This is the first ever partnership um, in where HBCU Go cable, uh, linear streaming broadcast VOD and pay-per-view rights uh, to the premier uh, conference and their sporting events uh, will actually be on this platform. Uh, This is a major, major deal, man. This is something that will actually uh, start in the fall of this year, 2022, uh, into 2023. uh, And they will distribute programming for all sports in the SWAC, which will include football, basketball, and volleyball, even the Olympic sports. So, man, we're talking about over 2,000 SWAT games and events. This is awesome, man. And I just have to say this, Danny. This is major. For those who have relied upon ESPN to view HBCU football uh, and, in a sense, other sports, uh, and where sometimes you have to go to the ESPN app or sometimes you have to go to ESPN3 or whatever the case may be, Yep. Instead of doing that, now there's a app, and I didn't even know there was an HBCU Go app. I'm going to be for real. I mean, I'm an HBCU alum uh, from uh, Florida a University. And I immediately, when I saw this, I immediately went to download the HBCU Go app mm-hmm. just to see what, what, what was on there. And they're going to have to probably do some things with the app. Yep. Realize that. But they, now they have the resources to go about doing so in this partnership. 
the big thing, the big key, I think the HBCUs are going to have to have is the right cameras. Got to have the right cameras, the right digital digital equipment in order to bring along the right programming, the right quality of programming uh, in terms of uh, the camera angles, things of that nature. But nonetheless, man, this is a historic deal uh, in Dahl. And so, uh, man, this is this something that we have talked about. Uh, and now just kind of like how there's the Big Ten Conference TV or Big Ten TV and same thing with the SEC or the ACC channels or the ACC networks, things of that nature. The SWAT now has its own and that is major. I believe BET back in the day used to have these HBCU football games on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have been interesting to see how that would have been now with BET. Would BET have formed out a BET sports or HBC sports or whatever the case may be? Yep. Um, they missed out. Byron Allen and them went ahead and took yes. advantage of it. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so uh, I have to say this from the SWAT commissioner, uh, Dr. Charles McClellan. Uh, he says, and I quote, we're extremely excited to partner with Allen Media Group and HBCU Go. This partnership will be a game changer for our league, along with the 12 member institutions that we serve. The ability to showcase our sports programs across such a wide variety of multimedia and digital platforms will undoubtedly take SWAC sports programming to the next level by providing our fans and supporters with unprecedented access to SWAC events in all sports that our league currently offers. This is something actually, and that unquote, this is something really to be excited about. I mean, we're talking about baseball, basketball, cross country, football, golf, track and field, plus tennis. Um, man, this, this is going to be something awesome. And as a HBCU alum, man, I am beaming with a whole lot of joy right now, man, because for so long, yeah. I have always wanted to want know about what's happening with my alma mater um, in volleyball. Yeah. What's happening with my alma mater in golf? Mm-hmm. And granted, I can obviously get the update, you know, after it actually happens, mm-hmm. or sometimes on Twitter or, or whatever. You probably get some of the current things. But man, it would be great to just pop down and just watch the game and support from afar yep. the best that I can. So this is this man, I'm super excited and they have a fan of me. They have a subscriber in me. Mm-hmm. I've already downloaded the HBCU Go app and uh, I cannot wait until the fall. What say you, Danny? Agree, Jason, man. This is huge. I think that um, you mentioned BET and the first thing that came to my mind is, yeah, they they missed a, a great opportunity here because mm-hmm. that was the only way you really could watch it back in the day mm-hmm. and you had the one NBC game, right? Mm-hmm. So this also feeds into building that community, right? Where now you have the access where players, athletes, student athletes may see this now and say, oh, you can watch my games. You can mm-hmm. see me. You can see me live and direct, see how I get down. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge, man. And there's a lot. I, I got the app too. And 
they have a lot of opportunity to do it right. So you're starting from the ground floor, change some things up, man, because you don't want those games. Like if you watch Northwestern, for example, that camera looks like you're in row X, section 300, way up high. <laughs> you want to be in the action. And I think they have a great opportunity here to make this thing uh, go really well, no pun intended. And I think it's a great opportunity for the SWAT conference. And they have their own thing now, which we talked about maybe a year and a half, a year ago. Yep. Where mm-hmm. this was shaping up and we're just waiting to see who would take advantage of this opportunity to partner and bring these sports to the forefront. I think, like I said, it just builds the community, gives athletes, student athletes an opportunity to show showcase their skill set. Congratulations, man, and look forward to watching on this HBC on the HBCU Go app. And now, Danny, on to uh, something that hasn't been talked about nearly enough in uh, the sports world, uh, but I think it needs to really some attention here, and that is the first round game against the Jackson State Tigers women basketball team against LSU playing at LSU. Danny, I watched this second half of this game, man. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Jackson State women's basketball squad came out and was balling. Mm-hmm. So much so they had, uh, I want to say, about 10-point lead up on LSU at LSU. Uh, and, man, this was just a fantastic game. It was a fantastic environment where you had Jackson State alums in the in the stands. You had the band, the sound of boom mm-hmm. of the stuff in the, in the stands doing their thing uh and it was just it just felt good it felt like the an hbcu game uh and everything man and for those of you who who don't know man you need to go see some of those highlights it it just felt good and jackson Mm -hmm. state was up on lsu late in this game so much so that man it caused a lot of ruckus (laughs) it was an emotional game I will say, though, that the LSU Tigers did prevail in this game, 83 to 77. One thing that I noticed, and I was on the phone with my sister um, who went to Jackson State. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I will say is at the end, at the handshake line, both coaches, head coaches, stopped and talked for an extended amount of time. My sister asked me, what are they talking about? And I thought, well, maybe they're talking about how some coaching techniques or um, some of the coaching moves that uh, LSU did or made to ultimately win the game. Come mm-hmm. to find out what was said was that uh, Coach Reed from Jackson State University will not be at Jackson State long if she is not paid. And I thought to myself, man, that is a backhanded compliment um, but then also it can be taken to the point where why say it at that particular moment in time? Mm-hmm. I think saying things at a certain period of time, that was completely the wrong time to say it, in my opinion. And come to find out, Coach Mulkey, she has done this before. She did it several years ago where Prairie View A&M's then head coach, um, Coach Well. Moki ended up getting her to be an assistant on her staff uh, and everything. And then now she, and 
that's how the story goes. But ultimately, I think that was the wrong time to do it. That caused a, a ruckus, mm-hmm. <laughs> an uproar, if you will, in HBCU land. Yeah. I'll just say this. To the fans of Jackson State University, uh, I am an HBCU alum, so I know how we get down. Look, if you all are complaining about coaches getting poached from an HBCU, then there needs to be a fund started to keep the coaches at the HBCUs. Mm -hmm. All the comments that I saw out there, I did not see a comment to say, let's start a fund. Let's start a, uh, I don't know, some kind of endowment or something to that degree to keep the coaches here or to help pay for the coaches. But it can be looked at in several different ways, man. It can be looked at poaching coaches from an HBCU to go into a, a PWI and then ultimately or a bigger university, a bigger school, and the talent, the coaching talent just continues to get poached from uh, HBCU. You can look at it different ways. You can look at it ways where maybe the coach wants to go into a better opportunity, get paid. Mm-hmm. You can look at it like that. But I think with what Coach Reed said in her post-game conference, it's about pride. It's about a calling. And maybe she was just definitely called for that particular job. Look at it a whole lot of different ways, but nonetheless, I think it says a lot about uh, coaches being um, poached and coaches being offered positions uh, underneath the table, (laughs) if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But nonetheless, I think that's something that needs to be talked about more, and it it just hasn't been. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, they actually, yeah, they, Jackson State had them, man, where they wanted them. They just missed a couple key free throws. And that turned that game around at the end. So kudos to them, man. They had a great year. They had a 21-game winning streak going into that game. And they had all the momentum. And you're pulling for them to knock off LSU. There are a lot of upsets going on that uh, this past weekend with the women's NCAA tournament as well as the men's. And just to see and hear that, you got, yeah, there's something that has to be done because obviously the HBCUs don't have the resources that some of these bigger schools have, like the Power Five conferences and all this. So some of it too is the coaches understanding that and understanding the bigger cause here. And, but you only can do that for so long depending on what you're doing, right? And if you're not getting the support you need and the resources you need from the school, the community, you know, and you see all these other coaches getting paid all this big money, mm-hmm. you got that FOMO, that fear of missing out. So there's the human element to this. And her post con- or post game conference or post game comments, she sounds like she's down for the cause and mm-hmm. she's willing to stick around. And so for Kim Mulkey to do that, that put that's obviously going to put a thought in her head at least, right? Because Kim Mulkey's this coach, well-known, been there winning and everything. And obviously she knows what she's talking about. So, and being from a woman's perspective as well, that also plays into this. 
Uh, so it's, it's, it's a different, and then you look at someone and I was thinking about this, like coach prime, right? Mm-hmm. He's already been paid. He has his football career. So he's coming in from a different perspective. So it's not a coach coming up. He's, he's from a financial standpoint, he's taken care of. So that is even factor into it. He's all in on the school and doing what he's trying to take care of from an initiative standpoint, because it's not about the money per se. It's about building these men up and providing opportunities versus Tamika Reed is a up and coming coach, a great coach. And you just want to, you want to see how this plays out because if someone throws a boatload of money at her, how is she going to react? Exactly. Exactly. So that's where, like you said, being creative to try to figure out a way to pay not only her, but there are many other great coaches from the HBCU perspective that need to also be considered. Uh, She's just in the forefront right now, just because uh, NCAAs are going on. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a bigger conversation that needs to be had in order to make sure that you're keeping those coaches and not only the head coaches, assistant coaches as well. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And building up those resources to make it uh, an environment where they're going to stick around and not go to the big 10 or wherever the case may be. Cause obviously all these schools have a ton of money that they can throw at her. So I'm very curious to see how this all plays out and, I'm hoping she sticks around, man, because she has those she has those girls balling. I, I think she'll stick around, and she mm-hmm. actually has Dion's daughter, mm-hmm. who's going to be on the team. And real quickly, Danny, yep. Uh, one thing that Tamika Reed says, part of her uh, post game uh, conference um, message was, and I quote: "Honestly, my message after today's game was, we have to continue to fight for our institution, our conference." We have to continue to fight for our culture. We have to continue to knock on walls to get respect. We're knocking on walls. You've accomplished some things that haven't been accomplished in this in this program, in this conference. But now it's time to come back and knock the walls down, mm-hmm. unquote. So that's just part of what she said, uh, how you recommend uh, people to go out on social media or YouTube or whatever the case may be to look at the full comments. But man, she was uh definite de- amped up there and that was actually um, a comment from the question about what did uh coach kim uh, uh mulkey uh actually uh said said to her so mm-hmm. uh we'll see what, what happens thank you for joining us at bat ports talk podcast you can also join us on twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast for more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.